All right, Rad Dads, welcome back to another episode of the Rad Dads podcast or Rad Dads show. Or Tonight we have a special guest on tonight. Uh, her name is Maxine, and she can be found on Instagram where we met. She goes by G6PDMom, and along with Maxine and myself is Rob. Say hi, Rob. Oh, thanks. I got the last introduction <laughs> on my own show. <laughs> hi, Rob. <laughs> So Maxine, welcome to the podcast. Wow, thanks. It's great to be here. Finally, we're pushing this through. I know, happening. I know. We had some technical <laughs> difficulties last week, but uh, we're, we're, we made it happen. Um, you want to you wanna tell us about yourself? Yes, of course. Um, I'm actually a new mom and it's really a pleasure and it's really an honor to be you know, interviewed by two great dads here who are doing really great, great feed on Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a new mom and I'm an online entrepreneur as well. I'm running a local vegetable delivery business. So on the side, I'm an insurance advisor and I've just started to venture into real estate. You know, like a lot of things to do when you actually become a parent. <laughs> Big responsibilities. Right. <laughs> That's great. Congratulations on, on being a new mom. How, how many yeah, kids, how many, you have one, one child? Yes, just one, and he's five months old right now. Wow, five months. Turning six in two weeks. <laughs> so, brand new baby. You, you're not kidding. So as a mom, we, we, we're typically used to interviewing dads and, and talk about the emotions and the feelings leading up to uh, becoming a, a dad. So what are some of the emotions and the feelings uh, leading up to becoming a mom? I, I know you were cooking the baby for nine months in your belly, so emotions they're on a, on a daily basis they, they change especially because I, I know because my wife and i'm sure your wife don't pull me into your <laughs> rabbit hole that you're going down so what, what were like some of the emotions or, or feelings uh, leading up to becoming a mom of course i was really very scared in the beginning i didn't know what to do it was actually five months into the pregnancy when i actually knew he was existing there oh wow Yes, and I, I went to, to an ultrasound clinic and I kind of like um, told them, hey, I want to know how, how the child is going inside because I had this PT, like it's already at five months and I wanted to know how he's doing there, how it's doing there. I didn't know if it was a girl or a boy that time. And um, the doctor just told me he, you know, it's a he. He's fine and his heart is beating just fine. And I was like, oh, then it's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> I just actually wanted to know that, you know, if the baby was just fine inside. And I, I was not requesting for any gender at that moment. And uh, the doctor just told it's a boy. And oh. <laughs> so he spoiled the surprise. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, going back to that question about my emotions about it, I was really scared because um, I didn't know what to do. I was not together with my child's dad anymore at that time. So I didn't know how to tell my mom about it. As Filipinos, we're very um, family oriented and normally we would um, really get married first, you know, and have kids and it's not the other way around. So just imagine how I was, uh, so scared and nervous about it, like telling people, telling the closest friends I had. So it was really a challenge. <laughs> and, you know, just things just gotten smoothly as, you know, I started talking from one person to the other to the next person until I got to my mom. 
and everything just went on fine. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad everything went well. Thanks. Yeah. I see you have like three different Instagram handles. So do you want to tell us a little bit about them? Because they're all diff- slightly different. First off, it's my personal uh, personal page is the GCPD mom. That's very personal. So that's um, like where I get my friends into. Um, the second one is oh, like before before you, before you move on to the second Sorry. one. Before you move on to the second one, I know there's a reason for that that handle, the the G6 PD mom. Do you do you want to explain what what that handle is for and and why you started that? Yes. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I actually get that um, question almost all of the time because people have been asking me what is G6 PD because we know what a mom is, <laughs> but we do not know what G6 PD is. So putting them together, what does that mean? So um, people have been wondering, well, that's because my son has a G6PD deficiency um, where he lacks some enzymes that protect uh, the red blood cells. So, you know, when triggered by specific foods, you know, or uh, medicines, they might break down. So I'm actually using this platform to make other parents um, uh, not to really feel so panicky about it, about their kids having the same condition. Um, all they have to do is just, you know, chill and uh, just go on with life and not to be so scared about it, just as I did when I knew that he had that. But it seems to be like one of the most common deficiencies we have, you know, around the globe. So I don't think it's really too much to worry about. So I'm using my page to um, to to share to everybody, like, how my life is with my son. So you can see that on my stories, on the highlights, and not too much on the post yet, because we've not started feeding him some food. So, you know, I could not yet share about, you know, the do's and don'ts and the food's not allowed for him. So yeah, in the very near future, you could already see some content about that because we'll start feeding him like in a few weeks from now. (laughs) So how did you determine that he had uh, uh, G6PD? Um, it's, um, It's a standard in a hospital. Like uh, every newborn baby is, you know, going to go through a screening where part of that screening is to have the child screened for that deficiency, as it's okay. a common thing. And it's, it's commonly missed out, you know, just some decades back. So they had to put that in, uh, in, in a standard procedure so that as early as, you know, being a newborn, you already know about it. And you would know how to go about it, you know, before things get really worse in the future. What do you do with a child that has uh, G6PD? Is there um, certain foods to... or, or uh, you know, medicines or anything like that? Yes, they are. And there are actually, it's like a huge list. And I'm not really very familiar with almost everything. But the most common ones is like uh, Sava beans, if you're familiar with that. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. Yeah, and that, that's the reason why G6PD deficiency is otherwise known as favism because of that. Because, you know, when, when, they've, when they're going to have too much of that or even just a small, you know, speck of that um, being, like it's going to trigger them and it's going to break down their red blood cells. Oh, wow. Like, is it the big, like, kidney beans? Yes, yeah, so they're like, yes, they look like that and they're green and they're kind of a bit of flat. Because here in the Philippines, it's like a very common uh, snack. It's like a dried fava bean. So, you know, we have it everywhere. 
Oh, really? So he has, yeah, he oh. really has to be careful growing up, you know, not to, you know, have these stuff. And they're also not allowed to be exposed to menthol and naphthalene balls. You know, these are common things you could find, you know, in the house. So oh, wow. you have menthol for a mouthwash. You have the naphthalene balls, you know, to keep some pests away. So, yeah, it's just really just about, you know, being careful about the things you have around the house. Oh, that's, that's interesting. So the, the other handle that I saw is you have a, a brand or merch that you, that you're, that you, that I saw that you're, um, you're posting on an Instagram. Mm-hmm. You, is that down, down to earth? earth? Yeah. Yes. It's down to earth worldwide. And this was actually what I, I shared with you one time when we were kind of like messaging was mm-hmm. it you Rob, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah. Because um, I'm actually um, doing some affiliate marketing with it. So, you know, I have this kind of account where I could sell um, to 90 plus countries around the world. So um, I'm trying to integrate that into my personal account and the shop account so that, you know, when people buy from there, they get to uh, they, they get to have a discount and at the same time I get some commission from it oh nice yeah and I also saw your uh, website so you were kind of like doing some affiliate marketing so that is why I tried to you know kind of started to pitch on that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we uh, <laughs> we're like torn we funny enough when we launched this we launched this last year in July was our first actual publication and we've tried several things one being the podcast that's our primary primary thing we like to do in instagram but then the affiliate marketing on on our website is what we like is also the other thing we we want to get to but just the amount of time like there's only so much you can do in a day so we're running instagram we're running the podcast we're editing it but then you know how much time do we spend on our website versus not because we're not selling anything yet so we've kind of put that on the back burner for now at, th- at this point but that is like one of the things we want to kind of tackle in the near future. You're six months into being a mom. Any challenges that you have faced? Well, aside, <laughs> aside from the challenges. She's like, I can start listing them off. <laughs> I guess what is your biggest challenge that you faced? Because, oh, yeah, um, there, there are actually two things. Um, first off is that I'm a single mom. And, you know, I just have to rely on myself, um, both financially and emotionally for, for my son, even if, you know, there are some help around. And second is, you know, we're still in this uh, pandemic and it's actually summertime here in the Philippines. We're supposed to be in the deep, you know, <laughs> and by the, time I really, by the time I really wish I could take him to places, you know, he could enjoy like, outside of the house, let other friends and relatives personally meet him because people have been bugging me. I want to see Joshua. I want to see how how is he doing, you know? So it's like they want to see him personally and not just on video calls. And they're all too excited. And he's growing up too fast. And it's just funny that, you know, the entire year, almost the entire year of 2020, people had been seeing my baby bump online. And suddenly they would just see my baby there already. And he's all grown up, like he's six months into it. So they've, they've never seen me personally with the bump they've never oh, wow. seen us. <laughs> so, 
some of my friends really have to just catch up with some video calls. And this is all we have at the moment because of the lockdowns that we're also having here um, in my country. So, so just so everybody knows uh, that's listening, um, Ma- Maxine is in the Philippines and they are <laughs> 12 hours ahead of us, which is so she's already in Friday. We are recording on Thursday. So this is pretty cool. Right. <laughs> it's, it's I'm, right. I'm on a good Friday. <laughs> I'm on a good, right, Friday good Friday for the Holy Week, and you guys are celebrating some April Fools today. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. Oh my God, that's right. Come on, it's good Friday. Yeah, sure. I'll fast. <laughs> I'll breakfast. Oh my God, I forgot about it. Oh, when does when does Lent end? Does Lent officially end on Friday? Yes. I, yeah, you, yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Oh, because okay. Easter Sunday. It's Easter Sunday, right? Yeah, Easter Sunday. I could freaking finally eat a potato chip. I gave up potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not a big potato chip guy, but it's a lot harder than you thought. I guess when your baby bump started showing, it was probably in March or April, right? Somewhere around there. So like her, your when your when your baby bump started showing and it was probably around March or April ish. <laughs> like into my birthday in july <laughs> oh my god so think about it, like your friends never even never even saw you saw you because you're at the height of the pandemic right july yeah, march april yeah yes yeah wow. there were just like super few people like the closest ones i could you know get myself exposed to because i was also scared about it yeah like sure. you know my friend like, my friend is telling me she's exposed to somebody who is COVID-19 positive and I was like I'm gonna have myself tested in a few months time also so I was really scared also because um you know I have a child you know with me and it's not just myself yeah so kind of did, did, you, did you give birth in the hospital <laughs> yep how, I did. How, how was it going into the hospital with, with, with the height of the, the COVID oh it was so miserable I only had my sister there <laughs> wow imagine you know I, I I had to be induced and I I was feeling some back pains and I was begging for the nurses to please massage my back and they don't even want to touch me because of you know some certain protocols during wow. the time and we were just allowed to have one person with us and not even the labor room I was just alone and even the nurses are like leaving me and I was literally alone and I felt like I had to give birth too fast, too soon, so that, you know, I could go back to the room with my sister. I could not even bring my mom because she's, she's above 60 and she's not even allowed to be there. Oh, not wow. even allowed to take turns. So I only had my sister and I am a new mom and my sister is still studying. She's still in college. And what is this being a new mom? And then we're like asking nurses. We had to ask the doctors, you know, what to do and stuff. But it was really fun. <laughs> but it was funny at the same time because we didn't know what to do. You know, I didn't, I didn't have someone who actually knows what it is like to be in a hospital after, you know, giving birth. And there were just limited people going in and out of a room as well. Makes sense. So you, you, you seem fairly young. I'm going to guess late 20s, early 30s. You oh, never ask a woman you have- her age. Well, she said her mom, she said her mom was, was 60. So I'm figuring like late We're 20s. That. Am I, you right, don't have so to give you- me your age. You, you could say I'm close. 
you're a bit close, but oh. I would want both of you to guess. <laughs> late Go 20s. ahead, Rob. Late, late 20s. What did you say? Late 20s, early? Late 20s, early 30s. I mean, that's a pretty broad. Uh, so her mom's <laughs> 60. So what's my mom? I have no idea. It's 68. So maybe like 25 to like 28. Wow. Okay. I like 25. I'm 28. Oh, look at that. I was just about to, I was going to say 27, so. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so can you tell us, so I've seen you doing the uh, I, uh, live IG with uh, mom said and dad said. Yeah. What's that about? I've listened in on oh. a couple of things, but I would love to hear what, how it came about and, and what you guys are doing with that. Right. Um, I actually met over my dad body pH. Uh, He's Naveen. Um, I just actually met him online, but he's actually in the same country, but just a, a different city. He's in the capital, so that's um, like an hour flight away from where I am. And I just like saw this. Um, I, I think I saw him somewhere, like uh, some post by Instagram business account, I guess. So yeah, like from there, he tried to reach out because um, he can't have any dads or any of his friends to his shows like or to to have someone to interview around his friends you know like his circle of friends so he tried to reach out to me about it and I was just quick to say yes and from there we have <laughs> yeah because I just felt like oh I have some spare time because I'm, I'm with my I'm with my son at home so I think I have time so I don't really say no just as much as I have time I would never really say no so we tried to do that um, first episode. It didn't really come out as an episode, you know, because I thought it was just some one-time guesting and nothing after that. And we just realized actually having um, having so many things to talk about after that. So we tried to conceptualize together. We tried to take in one guest from last week and uh, we just tried to make it official so that, you know, we could start um, doing some uh, merchandise related to that later on, you know. Of course, we didn't just want to be spending too much time without actually monetizing um, around what we do, because we're also spending like um, hours to prepare about it. So yeah, we tried to push through with that and it, I think it's going well and uh, we're gonna do it for, for a much longer time. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. So one thing I learned, and I'm curious of your your input because you're working a couple of different angles, is really to to gather the following, and really it, it's more important to get the following first, and then worry about monetizing later. Is that what you guys are trying right. to do, or yeah? Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. Because you know when you have followers, you would have that authority in your niche, so you whatever you do whatever you say whatever content is about and as so long as you know you're having your target market into following you then everything will just be running so smoothly and you won't really have a problem with that and of course we also would want to share our own experiences and it's like a mom said dad said thing because he didn't want to just come up with his side of the story so he tried inviting me and so uh, th that's how the episodes go um, like there's always his side or his opinion about something and then I also have mine or the guest side if you know if, if we have the guests around 
That's awesome. Yeah. And, and so funny you say you say being an expert because when when I've been listening to some of these people who have been podcasting and doing social media a little bit longer than we have, um, and I'll and I'll group us together because we both kind of started it seems around the same time within the past six months. Everything I've listened to is really focused on becoming an expert in your area, interview people, learn from people, really hone in on those skills, and then from that perspective that's what you're going to be able to give back to your community. And that's, what's going to be important for your fan base. Right. And talking about an expert, uh, there's no other expert other than uh, dynamic wealth consulting LLC uh, where client financial education is the driving force to the realization of goal planning and financial empowerment. Richard Latito and dynamic wealth consulting specialize in developing a financial plan for clients which includes asset management, insurance review, and estate preservation. The firm assists clients ranging from young goal-oriented professionals, such as you and myself and and Maxine, to the retiree and everyone in between. To have a no-obligation conversation with Dynamic Wealth Consulting or Richard Latito, please give him a ring, 201-383-2277. That's 201-383. Three eight three two two seven seven. That's Rich Latito from Dynamic Wealth Consulting. And tell him the Rad Dad sent you. Yes, tell him Rob and Sal from the Rad Dad sent you. You always forget the punchline. I do. Did you like how he he like <laughs> slid that in on the expert? That was pretty good. I like that. That was a nice. Nice segue. Don't give our guest any heads up that hey. we were about to do that. Yeah, you know what? It was it was. I, I couldn't. <laughs> was I going to say? Hey, just pause for a second here. Is it worth my sponsor? <laughs> So one of the things that we've been, we have been lucky. Very smooth. That was very smooth. Thanks. The one thing we've been able to capitalize on is getting a little bit of a little sp- like a sponsor here or there. We have two sponsors that, that sponsor our show at this point. And really they're people we know are local establishments. So we've been lucky in that regard. And it's not, you know, we're really not doing it for the sponsorship um, or I should say the money because they're just really, we're not making any money off of it. But I think it's it's more to spread the word of, of establishments we believe in, a local tavern that that sponsored us, and but they're also going to host our our fiftieth episode, hopefully, fingers oh. crossed. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then you know we had uh, the other sponsor, Dynamic Wealth Consulting. They actually came on the show. It was early season one, midway through season one. Yes. So we're trying to use the network we have to to um, get the word out about you know, people we believe in. All right, we'll get to our show. Give us, give us, you know, a couple of dollars and then that's fine. But um, one of the other things I was, I saw you're killing it on your followers. You just put a, a post up that you hit a thousand followers. Yes, we have to order. How'd you do I it? Have... <laughs> no, because I actually saw you guys putting up at 600 and I was like, oh, I should be putting up something too. I'm close to 1,000 <laughs> after a quarter. <laughs> That's awesome, though. How did you gain so many followers so quickly? All organic? Did you put, push something special? What did you do? I'm actually not doing the paid kind of thing for the most part of it. Because um, all I did was just, you know, try to um, do as what Over My Dad Body PH told me about uh, following people which are actually suggested to you. Because I tried to, you know, keep following people like out of nowhere 
of the same niche that I have, but um, they're not on the suggested. And Instagram was trying to block me from doing another follow. So unless you do that, you know, suggested, um, unless you do follow the suggested account, you don't really have a problem about getting blocked on on Instagram. So I just oh. tried to follow the right people that are suggested which are also inside my niche and some are like also followers who would want to be followed back so i've not really cleaned up so much on that side that's why if you could notice there was like three thousand people that i'm following but i've not removed like some bots or some um dummy accounts because you know there are also people trying to follow you with dummy accounts who were not really um like from from my niche so I'm trying to uh, clean that up but for the most part um, for the most part um, I'm trying to do some engagement and really talk to people I send them messages I really say hi so you know that they would be following me back and not unfollow me after that I actually do we did that for a while we were sending messages out um, and we stopped that recently I I, typically I'll send them a welcome message and say, Hey, thanks for following us. You know, check out our, our podcast. I haven't done that in a while. I gotta, no, yeah, you gotta pick it up. Huh? Social butterfly. <laughs> I've, been, I've been slacking. <laughs> that's a good point. Like, I think that's really important for our listeners out there too, is if you're new to Instagram, I like the, I really do like um, using the suggested that that's important. Cause I didn't even think about that before. Um, but definitely don't just add people, but send them a message and make it more personal. Don't just don't make it a, a, a click of a button. So I like that. that that's good, some good advice. Right, right, right. Because people would also want to feel like, you know, they're liked. The reason they're also on social media. So it feels great, you know, if, you know, some, some people are trying to message you and they try to, you know, say something nice about what you do, like about your feeds. So, yeah, it's, it's really a great feeling. And the same thing for us too. And we feel appreciated for for what we do for the content so yeah we'd definitely be following back that person you know and not unfollow them so we get to keep you know we we have a good retention on on the organic followers as well that's awesome so i i know we love talking about instagram and 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 and, you know business and instagram stuff like that so since you are a new parent there is, I, I think, I feel that we should be providing you with advice on raising kids. I have three of my own and Rob, Rob has two and he's working on a third, I believe. No, I'm not working on anything. <laughs> <laughs> Seven and 10, there's no more. <laughs> can take care of themselves. Job done. No dog in the future? No, no dog in no. the future. <laughs> Is it is there any questions that that you might have for us as far as raising a child? Oh, I would just um want to hear anything from you guys because I did not really grow up with with my dad, you know, just around. So he's like for the most part of it. Before he died, he's working abroad. He's working in Saudi Arabia, so I didn't really have so much time with him. So I didn't really have some more time with, with my dad, but. He's somebody I could talk to. So, yeah, tell me. <laughs> well, I, I, I wow. have three, well, you have boys, and I, and I have girls. I have three girls. So you would be the expert on boys. Yeah, I mean, it's 
Boys are definitely different than girls. Um, I'll tell you that. Sal's about to go reprimand his girls. Um, they're honestly, I guess it depends on the boy. I have two different boys, two different personalities. I have a very empathetic child, and then I have a child who's just a smart, smart ass, like like me essentially. And it's and at least for us, it's it's important to let them kind of grow up and be what they want to be um with guardrails obviously so for my for my like i'm a big sports guy i love playing sports i love love watching sports but my boys aren't necessarily uh i played baseball and uh soccer growing up so my boys aren't huge sports guys they they love playing video games though so while (laughs) i'm okay playing video games it can't be the only thing you do so it's just kind of guiding them correctly and making sure that hey when you come home from school, you're not playing video games or you're not playing video games around your iPad all the time. Um, and I think from, from just like raising young men, it's, it's important. And I, I think one of the things that most parents struggle with is trying to separate them being your baby to them growing up and being independent. So at some point you hit that wall where you're like, all right, now I need to start really making sure they start learning and doing um, and doing things on their own. And one of the things that for me that I instill on my boys is if everyone fails, right? You're going to fail at something in your life. You're going to fail at plenty of things in your life, but it's not that you fail. It's, and I probably said this before on here, right? It's not that you fail. It's when you fail, how you pick yourself up and how you move forward and how do you learn from your mistakes? And I, I truly believe in that. That's one of the things I, I really like, there's not many sayings I, I have when we were trying to coin catchphrases for this for this podcast. I couldn't even come up with one. Sal came up with a couple. <laughs> I have one, but it's not really PC. Um, but like that's one of the things I, I really instill. And in, you know, my big thing is like my boys. I'll say something like, like I'll be like, get out of the house. You gotta go outside. You gotta do something. Go dig a hole or something. They literally will go dig a hole. So it depends how like creative and smart alecky they are because my kids are outside with a shovel digging a hole i'm like dude that's in the middle of the backyard what are you doing they're like dad you gotta mow around that and i'm like oh my god but there, there is there is no you know you, you can read you can read a ton of books and the books will tell you how to be a, a good parent and i've always said on pre- previous uh, episodes it's all trial and error it's all what works for you. You can take the advice of a hundred people and it would be fantastic advice, but that advice for those hundred people worked for those hundred people. You may take a little bit here and there from, from different people and say, you know what, this, this little piece that they told me works. I'm going to take a piece from what this person told me, a piece from what that person told me, a piece from the other person and put it all together. And then you just developed your own system and your own groove to, to raising your child. There is no perfect way. There is no um, way that's, that's set in stone. It's, it's ultimately what works for the parent. You know, you get into your groove that, you know, your, your child is doing great with, with something that you're doing. It, keep going. You know, it, it works. I, I do want to say one thing, especially since you're a single parent, that I know married couples do this is take time for yourself. Your child does need you and they need you, you know, a lot. 
and it's going to wear, wear you down, but you always have to take like during COVID. And then I've said this in the past episode, so I apologize to our listeners, but during COVID, I started meditating and it really changed my perspective on day in day out. Cause it kind of sets you for the day. I tried yoga too. I haven't really been too great at that. That's pretty hard. I got to see that. No, you don't, <laughs> no one needs to see that. I, I was, I was telling my friend today, I was like, I could do yoga and then videotape the actual yoga class, compare the two and do a complete YouTube video. I probably get like millions of followers because it'd be hysterical. <laughs> But it's really about like taking time out for yourself and making sure that you're mentally and physically able to kind of level set yourself. Even if it's like, you know, asking your sister, hey, can you watch, you know, Joshua for like an hour or two? I need to go for a walk and be by myself and really like, and sometimes you just need that. Or asking your mom to watch, watch your son and go out with your, with your sister and be like, hey, can we just go hang out, me and you and take some time? It's that, those little things, that little time that really, you know, will keep you sane because kids are trying. And as a single parent, it's, it's all on you. So it's, it's a lot for you. Yes, absolutely. Right, right, right. Definitely, right. definitely take time for yourself um, to, to, because you, you'll get lost into raising your kid and spending all the time with your child. You, you need to step back and, and take that time 30 minutes a day, you know, just, just peace of mind you know, clear your mind, meditate for 30 minutes a day. That's, that's important. Right. Thank and you so much for that. <laughs> when it comes time that your child um, wants to continue sleeping in your bed, it, it's, you got to let them cry it out. You got, you put your, put Joshua in the crib and he's going to cry and cry and cry, but you just got to let him do it. Uh, I'll let you know. So I have two boys, neither we cried it out. My older son is, has a lot of troubles going to sleep. And I don't know if it's because of cried out or, or not, probably like a series of things. He just gets very anxious and, and kind of gets overwhelmed when he goes to bed. My younger son, eight o'clock on the dot, asleep. Like same method for both, completely different results. I'm like, come on. <laughs> so it's current, currently nine o'clock here and my kids are still awake. They'll probably, and there's no school for them tomorrow. So they'll probably be up till about 11. My kids are, yes. And Rob's kids are sleeping already. Yeah. They, that's, and hold that, on, hold on. He did cry it out. I didn't. So <laughs> get, get your son on, on, on a sleeping schedule. Make sure oh, he is now. Okay. Yes. He's only, the game then. he's only five minutes. <laughs> when he turns okay. one or two, make sure eight o'clock comes or whatever time you want to set, you know, mm-hmm. set that time. And that every night at that same time, he's got to go to bed. Trust me, right. you'll thank us in, in years to come. Yeah. <laughs> you will definitely know. <laughs> <laughs> so did you have anything else you wanted to talk about or anything you wanted to plug? Follow me on Instagram, that's the speedy mom. And I have the same handle on Facebook. And okay. that's where I'm um, active as well. So I only have two pages. So that's like Facebook and Instagram. This is speedy mom and... From there, um, you could um, talk to me about um, IG coaching on how you get to um, monetize your Instagram account. So go hit me at DM. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Well, I'll put that in the lighter notes too. Yeah, that's great, Maxine. It was a pleasure having you on. Uh, hope, Thank you so much. Congratulations. Congratulations again on being a new mom. 
Uh, I hope all goes well with Joshua. (laughs) Yep. Uh, And uh, we look forward to uh, having you on in the future. Oh, yes. Okay, sure. (laughs) Definitely. Never say no. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thanks, Maxine. Take care. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. And now a word from our sponsors, Amster's Prospect Tavern. Amster's Prospect Tavern in Waldwick is a family-owned and operated business since 1926. Amster's Prospect Tavern is truly the place where everyone knows your name, and not not just because it is run by the owner, Norm, who's a cool dude. They have a real family and hometown vibe with excellent pub grub like their famous mozzarella bites and cheesesteak egg rolls, both which are homemade right in the kitchen by Deb. If you're not in the mood for pub grub, you can try their excellent selection of upscale weekly specials offered Thursday through Saturday, like veal osobuco, slow-cooked short ribs, filet mignon, and lobster tail, just to name a few. They take pride in serving excellent food and making their customers feel at home when they are at Amster's. So if you are in the area, I suggest you go down and check out Amster's, maybe for a drink at the bar or food in the dining room. Now that the warm weather is coming about, they got the patio in the back. You can dine al fresco. And just tell them that Rob and Sal from the Rad Dad sent you. That's a take real good care of you. It's the bourbon tasting. Uh, tonight, we are tasting Rabbit Hole, Cave Hill, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Um, this was recommended by my friend George over at Liquorland. Listen, you're not supposed to give away the sponsorships. Oh, no. He, he gave me a little brown bag. Okay. <laughs> So the alcohol classification is Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Distillery is Rabbit Hole. The proof is 95, which is 47.5% alcohol by volume. Age is matured over three years in new charred American oak barrels. Uh, Filtration, it is never chill filtered, according to their, their label here. Um, <clears throat> batch size, it is small batched, as I mentioned. Mash bill, 70% corn, 10% malted wheat, 10% honey malted barley, and then 10% malted barley, which is a pretty interesting mash bill. Never, never had anything like that before. Awards, they won the San Francisco World Spirits Gold. Uh, in 2017, they got a double gold. And in 2017, they got the best straight bourbon. <clears throat> Pretty interesting. So now, as far as color, you and I always uh, tend to uh, quibble about this. That is uh, light light amber or medium amber. Oh, really? You think it's that light? Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a, a medium amber. Medium amber. All right. Majority wins. Price point, $55 to $65. Depends on where you're at. Little history behind the rabbit hole. So the the owner or the uh, creator of rabbit hole is Cave Zemanians. Cave Zemanian is his name. So Cave Zemanian's true calling was set into motion when he met and fell in love with his wife, Heather, a native of Louisville. It was that... 
it was then that Kevin Cavies Cavies how do you fucking pronounce his name? Cavies Passion. We'll just call him K. <laughs> Let's fucking call him K. <laughs> it was then that K K's passion for Americans' native spirit took hold, leading him to ultimately step away from a successful career as a clinical psychologist and psychoanalyst. He stepped away from a clinical psychologist and a psychoanalyst to start start his own spirit company. Kay and his family moved to Kentucky where Rabbit Hole came to life. Driven by the desire to put Rabbit Hole at the forefront of the American spirits category, he put everything on the line to start a spirit brand that would do just that. And and I heard a, a tale that the reason why he called it Rabbit Hole is it because he put his life savings into into the spirits and they were going down a rabbit hole nose and aroma uh spice honey toasted oak the toasted oak is in the third glass or dry glass if you don't know what the dry glass is i suggest you go back to a couple episodes and listen to what our dry glass method is and simmonimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimim
Uh, like you said, it is a shelf staple. If you're looking to uh, buy a rabbit hole or, or go down one, uh, try the uh, cave hill. I know there's two different, there's two other ones from rabbit hole. I think it's a rye and actually just saw the bottle on someone's um, probably a rye in a small batch. Maybe give me one momento. He's doing the mash himself. So he's not buying it from MGP, right? Uh, I don't know. So there is a, yeah, Derringer and a boxer grail. Grail. So I'm guessing the the boxer grail is a rye and the Derringer is a straight bourbon whiskey finished in a sherry cask. That's interesting. It's like the uh, Angel's Envy. Yes. We haven't, we haven't done a review of Angel's Envy yet. We got to look. Maybe season one. There's a there's a couple of different angels envy. There's the uh, cask strength. There's the rye. I really enjoy the rye. That's a, that's a good bottle. That uh, concludes our uh, podcast for this evening, and uh, we'd like to thank Maxine again, which was uh, pretty awesome. Uh, new mom with uh, G6PD, which is a deficiency, uh, an enzyme deficiency. If nobody's aware of it. Uh, it, one of its triggers is fava beans, but I guess it's, uh, it's treated, it's treated with medication. So our dad lesson for this evening is be sure to attend your kids sporting events. That's the dad lesson. I think so. I saw a post on Instagram that I think relates to this, to this dad lesson, your job it's not going to remember you. That's the fucking post I made. Oh, yeah. Oh, Sean made that post. So your job. I can't remember who you or not. Your, your job isn't going to remember you in five years. They're not going to remember you in two years. Let's be honest. Once you leave. But your kids are going to always remember. And that you weren't there. That you weren't there. I know from my childhood, my dad was, you know, pretty successful in his career. But he always made time to coach our our sports when we were kids because listen that age that time that time in your kid's life is about five five to ten years right those five to ten years are some of the most impactful for your children and if you're not volunteering and contributing and attending those sporting events they're gonna know i'm not saying you have to coach each sport because there's very few coaches that go out there because it's not just your kid you coaching it's other kids but at the same point attend your kid's sporting event because in three years when they're in middle school and they're too cool for school or in high school and they don't want their parents around too cool for school too cool for school you're gonna miss those days you're gonna miss those days when you could watch them on on the on the baseball field football field whatever it is soccer field I agree hundred percent. Spend that time with your kids, uh, make time to coach them. If you don't have to coach, make a Sunday game or a Saturday game, because that is something that they will, they will always remember. I remember as a kid, I played, uh, primarily I played soccer and my father always worked. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know if my father ever came to any of my games. I know my mom did. And after the first game that she came to, I told, I told her, but don't please don't attend anymore. <laughs> she just she was screaming, "Yeah, get the ball!" You know, soccer. She she had no idea what was going on, but she was the only one I can hear in the stand. <laughs> um, but yes, take time of take time out of your day to make it to your son's games or your daughter's games. Trust me when I tell you, 
everlasting memories for your for your kid. Absolutely, one hundred percent. That is the dad lesson for this evening. Thank you very much for listening. Be sure to tune into our next episode. If you like what you heard, share with someone you like or maybe dislike. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, iTunes, Podbeam, Google Cast, Pandora, YouTube, your sister's ass, and Spotify. Be sure to smash that subscribe and follow button, too. If you have any questions or comments or want to give us some feedback, you can hit us up at the Rad Dad Show at gmail.com.